You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, make sure to give us a five-star rating, like, and share this podcast so that it can get out to more people. In this podcast, we're diving into our new Bible study, the Find series, which is for individuals needing definition. Pastor Aaron Caton dives into the life of Jesus Christ and looks at habits in his life. We're going to learn how to use these same habits in our day-to-day life to define who we are in Him. Well, we're in our fourth week of the Bible study, Fine, for Individuals Needing Definition. And we're taking a clear and distinct look at Jesus's habits, and we're hoping that we'll apply them to our lives. You know, we learned um, the last couple of weeks that, that man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that cometh from the mouth of God. And one of his words that came from the mouth of God was, do not steal. I'm talking about isolation tonight and Jesus in isolation. And one of his words that he said was, do not steal. Well, my brother, my brother, two years older than me, had this car and it was returned to my parents. And it had been stolen and my parents gave it to me. And I took my youngest brother to Willing, West Virginia, where he was moving. And I was just 18, fresh out of high school. Well, I got lost coming from Willing I took 250 all the way down. And the first thing that I saw was a police officer. So I stop and I ask him for directions. He says, son, you're, you're so close to 79. You can almost taste it. He goes, he sends me direction. He goes, whenever you get past Pizza Hut, there'll be another officer over there. If you're going the wrong direction, he'll let you know. Well, the minute that I pulled out, he ran my tags. Well, state troopers that returned that vehicle to my parents never released it off a stolen vehicle. So I get past Pizza Hut and I see blue lights and I pull over and I think, man, I'm lost. How could I not get the directions right? So I bounce out of the car and I start hopping back there to see what this guy's gonna tell me. Well, in that instant, I was in isolation. I was in isolation of fear because a nine millimeter came out at me and said, get back in your car. And I said, whoa, I, I, I did, what? And he's pointing it and he says, get back in your car. And I got back in my car. Put your hands out the window, son. Yes, sir. Now open the door. Well, can I bring one hand back inside or do I keep both outside? So I bring one back in and I get out. Now turn around and walk backwards to me. Well, I got put into isolation. I got put into one of these. Why? Because I was Grand Theft Auto in a Ford Tempo. You know, in that instant of being 18, I'm in a cell much this size, about 10 feet, and it's nothing but white walls, a commode, and I'm in a holding cell for a few hours. At, at 18, let me tell you, that's intimidating to you. You think you would learn from that. In the apartments that I lived at in Fairmont, we had a house fire upstairs. To the guys that lived upstairs, I worked with them at Little Caesar's Pizza. Do not steal. Well, the one was from out of town, and he didn't have any money, so he thought he'd pawn some, his PlayStation and his TV and stuff. Well, here I am at Little Caesar's working, and these police officers walk in, these detectives, 
uh, Mr. Caton, which doesn't make sense because you work with these people, they're roommates upstairs with you, right? You think you could just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, Lynn. You think so? Well, no, he has to file a police report. So these detectives come, Mr. Caton, we got you on video proving that you have, uh, you sold some property that was not yours. Well, guess what? A couple more hours later, here I am again. Why? Because do not steal. I was in isolation. Listen, whenever you're in a cell like this, you're in fear. One, you have no clue. I was on my own. I ain't calling mom and dad. I ain't, I'm not even calling Cindy who I was dating at the time because I'm embarrassed out of my mind. I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. It, he said it was his and they're like, no, it wasn't his. And I'm sitting there going, man, why didn't that guy just come to me and say, hey, did you help him pawn this off? We need to get it back. And that would have been a lot easier. But I faced isolation. Many times Jesus faced some isolation. We're going to talk about good isolation. We're going to talk about some bad isolation tonight. What we've talked about so far right now is Jesus knows his community and Jesus loves prayer and Jesus has studied the word. Listen, isolation can be a physical or spiritual alone time. You're physically exhausted. So you try to sit down, you try to rest. Maybe you're spiritually just trying to get alone. So you get, you get in your prayer closet and have time. But no matter what, whether it's spiritually or physically, you have all these wandering thoughts that just wander through. You're wondering about your day. Man, could I have done this differently? You're wondering about the world events. Man, what's going on? I, I don't know. You know, but we're usually not focused on God. We're just isolated in our own mind. Isolation doesn't always mean that you'll be alone. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were amongst the people and wouldn't bow their knee. They were isolated. They wouldn't worship a false god. So much they were in isolation that whenever they got thrown into their isolated situation, the fourth man showed up and brought them out. Amen? Listen, isolation can mean you're in retirement from the world, in prayer and meditation, as Jesus so often was. His, pri his private prayer was what kept him filled with the anointing to do God's work. He had a fresh anointing because he got away. And we learned that last week in Mark 1 and 35. It said that he got away into a solitary place. He went up on a hill and he was alone and he prayed. We learned in Mark 6 and 45 that he sent his disciples away to the other side. Get in the ship, boys. Go to the other side. He said to the 5,000, thanks for coming to for camp meeting. It's over. Had, had the final prayer and sent them on their way. And he went up to the hill and prayed. Amen. A few more scriptures, John 6 and 15, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. He left the troubles of the day. He left his company just to get alone. Luke 5 and 16, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Man, if seriously, if you want to get away sometimes, go to the wilderness. Jim will tell you the wilderness is a great place. I'll tell you, and I'm not even a hunter, but I like to get out in the woods and just sit down and just listen to God's creation. Look at the trees and see how they grow. Why one's got more branches than the other. Why one's got, you know, 30 feet height more than the other. It's just a good place to get away. And Jesus gets away. It's, it's just a calming place. Mark 4 and 10, and when he was alone, that they were with him, meaning the 12, and asked him of the, of the parable. I found many scriptures where it said that Jesus was alone, but it also read following those statements that with his disciples. So your, your, your isolation could always be with community. Amen. The isolation is truly the meditation of your heart. Our prayer time 
is the time of isolation. We used to have prayer time at my house with Vern Fray's, Dave Bennett, they would come over and when we get into prayer and, and, and the family would be with us for about 10 or 15 minutes and then their isolation time was over. But us men, we get so fixated on God that a holy hush would just come down into the room, into the atmosphere. We didn't fall asleep, but God just quieted us. And he refreshed us like he was just speaking to each and every one of us. We've seen it here. We've seen Pastor Robert move in the anointing of God to go pray for someone. Maybe yourself has, has been in that anointing and that isolation where your heart is just being pricked to go and, and pray with some, to minister to someone. That's God just moving up on us. Listen, I've seen it in a, in a walk to Emmaus and in a Kairos prison ministry where I've just sat back and I've watched God in a whole room of men in the prison and, and it's just moving and you're sitting there in awe, but you're just in isolation watching God move and have his way with the people. Amen. In my own isolation time with God, he's given me messages. One message that I preached here, which I, I really enjoyed and it sticks out to me above most of them was the message about the nest. He had me sit down underneath my God tree and he had me watch this bird, and this bird continued to build a nest. And he just said, watch. And most of the time, I, I thought birds would always pick up their straw or their sticks from the ground. But this bird kept flying over, and he would land on a shrub, and he, he would break off a piece. And we got this, this dogwood, which is really a deadwood, because it's pretty much gone. But he would break off a piece of that, that deadwood tree, and he would drop it. And the Lord said, don't bring anything dead into your nest. It was amazing that the bird just kept going back and he snapped off live pieces and he kept coming back. God saying, don't bring anything dead. Keep your, keep your house alive. And whenever I came here and, and, I, and I, I laid it out, I laid the Bible out and I, I had the family give me five of their favorite scriptures and I started putting those post-it notes like a nest. And those post-it notes just started curling up like a nest right inside that Bible right here. It was awesome. That was my time of isolation. Most recently, I started picking up some dead, some dead branches around, around the tree. And God said, why are, you, why are you messing with dead things? And the first thing that popped in my mind was to give it a spark. I mean, because I'm going to put it on fire. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm picking them up to burn. But what he's saying is we need to lift up the dead believers. We need to lift up those that are dead in isolation so that they can be on fire for God. He wants us to have meditation. He wants us to be in meditation with him. And Jesus made it a habit. Jesus spent time with the Father. However, there's another form of isolation. In John 10, 10, he warns us, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We'll get to the enemy in just a second. Listen, God wants full custody of you. If you want that abundant life, you can't just be a child of God on Sunday. He wants full custody of you. He doesn't just want weekend custody of you. He wants full custody of you all through the week. He wants to touch your heart. He wants to get alone with you. He wants to have prayer with you. You look at people that are Christians and they're being successful and they're, they're just being blessed time after time. It's because they're full time. They're occupied by God full time, not just part time. Amen. The, the devil, the thief, it also says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to try to isolate us. He wants to keep us from God. He wants to keep us from family and friends. The isolation can lead to destruction on one's life, on, even on our own life. There's depression. 
There's suicide. There's anxiety. There's fear. There's anger. There's guilt. There's shame. There's sin. The devil makes you feel helpless and hopeless. Going through illness or disease. Not everybody has nine as faith. Many of them have a hopelessness. Man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can do this. Man, I'm so worn out. And I just, and I just, and I just, I'm just hopeless. But God doesn't want you to have a hopeless spirit. God wants you to know that he's got you. No matter if you're, no matter where you're at in your walk, God wants you to know that you're not in isolation, that he's with you and he wants to keep you. Amen. He says, keep fighting. Trust in me because I got you. I love you with all my heart. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't have sent my only begotten son. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't have had him die on a cross just so that you could have everlasting life. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be preparing a mansion in heaven for you right now. But he loves you so much that he wants you to keep fighting in your isolation. He warns us. Man, he warns us to, against the adversary to stay on guard. He's a thief and he comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. If you know somebody's coming into your house, you're going to be prepared, aren't you? I'm prepared. It's right beside of my nightstand. Go ahead. I dare you. Walk in. See what happens. I'm going to share a story. Mike and Kim DeVault. Mike said their nephew came and was staying with them. And Kim heard a noise in the house. Mike, somebody's in the house. He fell back asleep. Heard it again. Mike, get your gun. And he walks out on the step and he goes, Ch -ch -ch. Uncle Mike, it's just me. That's me. Come in my house just like that. Amen. That's what it's like. Listen, we're all vulnerable. Without God, if you're listening to me and you don't know Jesus, it's going to be harder in your isolation. It's good to have a community and it's necessary to have God in your life. Listen, I've been in isolation. I've been in isolation so bad in my life that those jail cells that I was in twice had nothing on the isolation that I was stuck in. At age eight, my kid brother and I, we caught our oldest brother doing cocaine. Instead of being tattletales, he turned us on to it. Put us in isolation. Drugs, alcohol, abuse, In a, and I'm not, I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm, I'm being real with you in isolation. Isolated from an abuse situation. Talked to my oldest brother about it. And he called me a queer. Man, that didn't settle right at all. That really put me in isolation. Shame. Guilt. All of that. To the point that I, I, took, I took my brother's pistol to the woods. And it wasn't loaded for the first time. Praise God. He knows our future. He has a plan for us. Suffered through this for, for 17 years until I was 35. 27 years. But God had a plan for me. Pastor Robert asked us in our staff meeting if we hold grudges. And I told him, since I met the Lord, I do not. Whenever I was in isolation, I honestly wanted to kill somebody that had hurt me bad. I was isolated. 
in a situation that I feared to tell my parents about. Listen, if you're going through anything like that, please call us. Reach out and touch touch us because we want to touch you. We want to share Jesus with you because we care about you. But we want to share Jesus with you because Jesus cares about you more than we can ever help you. Amen? Matthew 13, parable of the sower. We know the story. A farmer sowing seed and he throws it by the wayside. He throws it on stony surface. He throws it in, storny, in a thorny situation. We know that the fowls devoured it, didn't have enough roots to grow. We know that it got choked out, but life can be the same way. When we're, when we're isolated by, by the wayside, we'll get devoured because we don't have community. When we're isolated in hard times, we'll fall farther because we see that there's no hope. When we're isolated in the lust of the world, the world will choke us out because the devil, the devil is the God of the air. We're all at risk. The devil wants to lock us down. He doesn't want you to see the hope that God has for you. He doesn't want you to see the transformation that can take place in your life. But he's got a hope and a future for you. Amen? The devil wants to put us down and isolate us in unclean spirits, in shame and sin, guilt and abuse. But remember that our God never sleeps nor slumbers. He's the same God of yesterday, today, and forever, and he will bring you through. Why? Because of the blood of the lamb. Amen? I, I am excited for, for, the, for the blood, for this series that's coming on. Listen, while the disciples were, were toiling and rowing, Jesus showed up and he walked them right out of their isolation. Look at Mark 5. There's a man with unclean spirits living among the tombs. Satan has him bound. He's isolated from everybody. His community has tried to help him, but they failed. They couldn't help him at all. They've tried to lock him down because they couldn't handle him. He's tormented day in and day out. He's tormented with insanity. He's chained with dangerous spirits. He's isolated with tears, hurt, and misery. So much that he's a cutter, that he's just sitting there with rocks, trying to release the pain trying to end his life because he can't handle what's going on inside of him. But Jesus shows up in Mark 5 and 6, and I like this. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. When you're in isolation and you can't figure a way out, run to God and worship him. Open up your mouth and sing a song of praise. Right now there's a Crowder song out. God, good God almighty, play it. If you're in isolation, it'll just put joy in you. It's three minutes long. It'll put some joy in your spirit. Amen? The demons ran to this man, and they worshiped him. They know their fate. They're bound for hell, and they still come to worship Jesus. Pastor Kerry and Pastor Robert, they got to be our cheerleaders on Sundays. Standing here with our hands in our pocket. Listen, I don't care if you raise a holy hand or not. What I do care is that you open up your mouth and you release a praise unto God because he's worthy of it all. And he's wanting you. When you're in isolation, you just see it. The devils, the demons, there's 6,000 in this man and they're coming before Jesus and, and worshiping him. Open up your mouth and pray in isolation. See if God doesn't turn it around. Listen, there's no way. They know their fate. They're bound for hell. They have no chance to go anywhere else. 
There's no way I'm going to let them out worship me. Amen. Verse seven, and cried with a loud, a loud voice and said, what have I do? What? Let's try that again. What have I do, to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. They're pleading with Jesus, all powerful, all knowing this is God. Don't torment us. They're crying out. Don't torment us. When you're in torment, when you're down in isolation, cry out to God. Cry out the name of Jesus. 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 Keep crying out until it stops, until the situation breaks. Jesus made isolation a habit. Mark 7 and 32 and 35. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Listen, he's got a good community. The community is bringing him to Jesus. Bring it. Listen, we may all have a good community and we may all pray for each other. But when it comes down to it, it's just your relationship with God. Because he wants to know that you have the faith in him and the faith to believe that you can receive what you're asking for. And he took him aside from the multitude. Jesus wants to get you alone and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. Listen, don't be spitting and touching tongues unless God anoints you to do that. Amen. And he looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Ephetah, that is be open. And straightway his ears were open and the string of his tongue was loose and he spoke plain. We need to be open to the spirit. We need to be open and loosened to the word of God. We need to be in our own time with God, in our own meditation. I was driving to, I was driving to a, a camp meeting one time and, and I felt like God told me to anoint my tongue. And I put a, I put a, a little drop and I'm like, eh, I didn't really anoint my tongue. And God said, anoint your tongue. And I did it without hesitation the second time. We had a prayer line. And this young lady testified after it was all over. And she said, I don't receive by touch, but I receive by smell. And whenever you ministered to me tonight, it was like you had the breath of God breathing into me. And she received a miracle that night. I had forgot that, I, that God had told me to anoint my tongue. I had forgotten until I was driving down the road and I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, you are so good. But it took that isolated time, it took that meditation to hear his voice. That's why it's important to be alone with him. Ephetah, be open, be open, that our ears would be open, that our eyes would be open, that our tongue would be loose to share the gospel of Jesus. We're too scared to share it. I'm hoping that this, this fine series will help you understand who Jesus is and how much love that he has for you that you'll be able to share the truth. And that's Jesus, amen? Mark, 11, Mark 8, 22 through 25. And he come to Bethsaida and they bring a blind man unto him and they besought him to touch him. Man, again, the community. It's good to have community. It's good to have the pastor reader pray for me and brother John and sister Sue praying for me. But when it comes down to it, God wants me. Why? How do I know that? Because in 23, and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. It's your faith. It's your faith. I, I've been on my face before praying for two months straight, just asking God for one single thing, the same specific prayer. I really, I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. And I kept praying until I heard that answer. He led me out. 
by myself, just as he did this guy. Put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands upon him again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Clearly, he had, he had a blindness, but he may have had doubt. It took Jesus two times. Your unwavering faith. Whenever you're asking for God for something, just believe. Even whenever, and it's, you got to get away. Listen, even though Pastor Robert's praying for me, sometimes maybe he doesn't believe the same thing that I'm believing for. But he's praying for it, but maybe in the back of his head, he's thinking, he ain't ever going to get it. He just needs to move on. Not saying that's your pastor, but I'm just saying we got people in our community, right, who do something like that. Man, he's crazy. He's praying for a new pilot. Yeah, I am. But that, that attitude that they just had may not have helped me get it. Amen. That's why God wants us to get alone with him and share that isolated time, that meditation time with him because it's valuable. Jesus removed the blindness and gave him whole health. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Let me tell you, he's also blinded those people who believe. A lot of people don't believe in miracles anymore. A lot of people don't believe in healings anymore. A lot of people don't believe that Jesus can raise you from the dead, but he's still God. He's still on his throne. He's still able to do these things. No matter what you're going through, have faith to believe and you'll receive. Listen to Nina. That testimony was awesome this morning. Listen, be here for the series. Those of you that, that weren't here this morning, be here for the series on the blood. You're going to receive the blessing and the power of what God has through the blood of the lamb. Amen. Listen, those three people, the deaf, the blind, the demonic, after he healed him, you know what he did? He said, go to your family and share the good news of what has happened to you. Talk about Jesus. Even if you don't have courage to go outside of your home and talk. Talk about Jesus in your own house. Talk about Jesus. Pray. Have a devotion. Have family time about Jesus because it's encouraging to one another. And eventually, the more you encourage one another in the house, you'll be able to do it outside of the house. Amen. John 8 and 2, there's a woman caught in adultery. The devil opens up blind spots. Look at him or look at her. Try this or try that. The devil doesn't show us the repercussion of sin. He doesn't show us that we might be isolated and locked down in torment in our own heart. He doesn't show us that it may cost us our family and that we'll be locked away from him. He doesn't show us what sin will bring. He just says, try it. You're going to like it. But that's not what God says. There's a narrow gate and a few find it. Amen. Listen, every, every man, woman, and child is exposed. So guard yourself. The devil doesn't care about your age, your weight, your height, your race, your gender. The devil wants you to fall into sin. He wants you to fall into shame, depression, guilt. And when we allow him to win, understand, the victory is in Jesus. He may have won a battle, but the war has already been won. The blood was shed on a cross so that you could walk in victory and have eternal life. All that we have to do is just cry out to Jesus and repent of our sins and ask him to come back. He redeemed us from sin, sickness, and poverty. Why? Because he loves us. He cares about us, and he wants us to be with him. 
In John 11, 41, 42, Lazarus has been dead for four days, but Jesus shows up. Maybe you think that you're in a hopeless and a dead situation, but when Jesus shows up, it all changes. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Do you hear him? He's already prayed. Jesus has already prayed. I shared last week that he, he makes intercession for you and for me day in and day out, interceding on our behalf. He's already prayed for you. He already knows what your day is going to bring you, and he's already prayed for you. He prayed that you wouldn't fall into temptation. He prayed that you would be pure and good, that you would bring the good news to other people. He's already prayed. But he says, and I knew that thou heardest me always. He's speaking to Abba. He says, I know that you've always heard me, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus already knew, but he's saying, listen, you want to show your glorious power. You want the stone removed? And he cried out. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead rose. Those who were bound, him bound in his grave clothes, was loosened and freed and walked away. Whatever dead situation you were in, Jesus is still able to bring you through and bring you out of it. Amen? Listen, we sit among the living, but sometimes we act dead. We act like we have no hope, no faith, but we need to act like, like we live with Christ and that Christ lives in us. We need to walk with a smile. We need to carry a song in our heart. We need to have a hello for any guy or woman that we pass by, even going into Walmart. It changes their day. It makes their day. Just a hello. I've shared it before. My kids have called me the hello man, you know, because I've walked by everybody. Hello, how you doing today? Why? Because I want to encourage them. I want them to see Jesus. Maybe they're saying, man, it's not a good day. And I can say, hey, you need to talk. It doesn't take anything, just a hello. Hello, Sue, how you doing? Huh? I mean, that's all it takes. Listen, in your isolation, it doesn't matter where you're at, but God is able to save. In closing tonight, we need to understand that isolation with God is about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They are one God. Listen, without isolation, there wouldn't have been Noah in the ark. Without isolation, there wouldn't have been righteousness after the flood because Noah walked in righteousness with God and it was isolated so much that it was just him and his family that brought righteousness through the flood, amen? That isolation was Abram and God. Without, without that isolation, there would have never been Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Without Moses in isolation with a burning bush, he would have never freed Israel. Without Joseph having the dreams and the isolation with God, being thrown into prison and still believing that God can make a way for him. And he becomes a second hand to Pharaoh and he saves Israel through famine. Without Hannah kneeling before God day in and day out, that isolation, there wouldn't have been Samuel. Without Zacharias and Elizabeth in their isolation, there would have never been John the Baptist. Without Mary in her isolation, she would have never conceived the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But in that isolation, she birthed our Savior, Jesus. 
in isolation, Saul on the road to Damascus, riding his horse, got knocked off of his high horse, persecuting the church in his isolation that he thought he was better than the almighty God, got his life turned inside out, got his heart transplanted, as pastor talked about, and became one of the greatest apostles ever, became so anointed, but it came through isolation with Jesus. Much like that. Listen, whenever I was in isolation at age 35, there's only one thing that brought me out of this isolation. And that was the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. That was only me bowing my knee and asking him to come into my heart and take me away from all the sin, from all the things that distracted me, from everything that separated me from God. And he did just that in a simple prayer. Why? Because it was just me and it was him. And it was him and it was just me. Listen, he paid it all. He paid the full price. Your sins are forgiven. If you're in isolation for anything, I encourage you to talk to God about it. Amen. Listen, is your name written down in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know that? Do you know that you know that your name is written down? Because whenever I came out of isolation, my name was written down in a scroll of life. Amen. Listen, if you'll bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you've walked in some, some isolation and some situation that I've exposed tonight. If you have, this altar's open. If you carry grudges or hurt or burdens, I encourage you to give them to God tonight and say, Lord, I don't want to live with this situation anymore. I don't want to live with this burden. I don't want to live with this hopelessness because Jesus doesn't want you to live with it. He showed up in the middle of those isolated storms and gave them peace, gave them freedom, and gave them encouragement. He gave them back life. Is there any here tonight that can say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I don't know for sure if my name's written down, Pastor, and I need prayer. If there's any here tonight, I encourage you to raise your hand. Listen, I know that this is going out live stream on Wednesdays, and I'm gonna encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I pray that you would come and be the ruler of my heart. I pray for forgiveness of my sins. I pray that you would take away this guilt, this shame that I carry, these burdens that I have and make me whole in the name of Jesus and amen. Listen, if you walk in any isolation and you are ashamed about anything, my phone number is 304-677-9952. I carried on a conversation two weeks ago with a gentleman and it was just God anointed and God appointed time. And he'd walk through some of the junk that I've walked through in life. But he was thankful that he could help to a man of God who's experienced some of the things that he's experienced. Listen, I ain't gonna condemn you and I ain't gonna bring conviction on you. But if you have problems, I'm not a counselor. If you need professional help, we can help you. But if you need to talk, I have ears and I will listen. Again, Pastor Kerry is going to lead us in some worship. 
I'd encourage you, open up your mouth. Give God praise. Give him thanks for your life and for your day. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Thank you.